0: Welcome to this week's edition of the All Saints Lutheran Church Podcast. All Saints is a congregation of the Evangelical Lutheran Church in America. We are located in Davenport, Iowa. Each week we bring you the digital edition of the weekly sermon. Enjoy! The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to John. Now there was a Pharisee named Nicodemus, a leader of the Jews. And you hear the sound of it, but you do not know where it comes from or where it goes. So it is with everyone who is born of the Spirit. Nicodemus said to him, How can these things be? Jesus answered him, Are you a teacher of Israel and yet do not understand these things? Very truly I tell you, We speak of what we know and testify to what we have seen. Yet you do not receive our testimony. If I had told you about earthly things and you do not believe, how can you believe if I tell you about heavenly things? No one has ascended to heaven except the Son who descended from heaven, the Son of Man. And just as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whoever believes in him may have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, so that everyone who believes in him may not perish but have eternal life. Indeed, God did not send the Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. The Gospel of the Lord. Some of our most treasured Bible passages are in danger. The danger of becoming mindless cliches. We all have them. Certain Bible verses that are so much a part of our lives and so often quoted that we have lost sight of what they mean. It seems almost impossible to read John 3.16 sometimes and remember what it really means. It becomes so familiar to us that we vacillate between worshiping the passage and muttering it without really thinking. Other passages the same way. The 23rd Psalm also runs into this danger. Unfortunately, it has become identified with funerals. We've heard it so often at so many funerals that doesn't evoke for us the beauty of not only the pastoral scene with green pastures, running water, peaceful sheep's countryside, but the feeling that God is the shepherd that leads us, that protects us. It has become nothing more than a reminder of caskets, small worship attendants, lunches of open-faced sandwiches, cake, and coffee. A number of years ago, I was quite astonished when a couple that I was meeting with before their marriage, when they insisted that the 23rd Psalm be part of their wedding service. Yeah, I had the same reaction you did. What? That's only used for funerals. The bride set me straight by saying, it is so meaningful to us. I think we have a good shepherd that is with us, leading us, giving us all we need. We want everyone there to be reminded of this great God. Not only those two familiar things, but let's take the Lord's Prayer. How many times have you recited the Lord's Prayer while thinking about something else? Now I said, recite. Recite. The Lord's Prayer. I didn't say pray the Lord's Prayer. How often do we say the words of the Lord's Prayer and our mind can be elsewhere and we won't miss a word? See, the problem of being over familiar with passages threatens to overtake and smother out the meaning of the Scriptures. People have tried various ways to try to. Bring meaning back to the things that they recite, the things that they read, the things that they pray. We do it by maybe looking at various translations or verses, versions of the Bible, focusing on key words or phrases when we read or think, doing a theme study, meditating on small segments at a time, But all of these Bible passages, like the living word itself, Jesus Christ, must be lifted up in the midst of people like the bronze serpent in the wilderness, so that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. I'd like to guide your attention this morning to six words in this John 3.16. The words are God loved world gave eternal life. God loved world gave eternal life. God. This tells us that the origin and initiative in all of salvation lies with God. For it is God that started everything. The world and all that is within it. All that keeps us alive. From the proper mixture of the chemicals in the air that we breathe. To the food that we eat. To the cycles of our body where we work and sleep and think and so on. That all of this came from God. Even the brains we have. Okay, the brains we may think we have comes from God. That allows us to solve the problems that daily life throws up at us. And then God, let it be known that he did all this because he loves. God loves. This is the of mainspring of being, being God. Love is what motivates God. And the tremendous thing about this text is that that shows us God acting, not for his own sake, but for our sake. Ours is a God, a loving Father who cannot be happy until his wandering children return home. It is a God. It is a God who, in his love, does not smash people into submission but yearns over them and woos them into love. You see, God in giving us giving us what we need, also gave us, for better or for worse, freedom. The freedom to respond to what God has done. Which means we are free to say no to God, which is sin. But God realizing that if we sin and when we sin, that he is there in love to forgive. God loved. World. God loves world. It tells us about the width and the depth of the love of God. It is the world that God loves. It's not a nation. It's not good people. It's not the people that love him. It's not the people that have jumped through the various hoops that we have set up that we think are needed for salvation. It's not only the people who love God in return. It is the world. And the world, not as it should be, not as it could be, but the world as it is. It is the world as it is now, which means the unlovable, the unlovely, the unworthy, the lonely that have no one else to love them. It goes out, this love, to the person who loves God, to the person who never thinks about God. It goes out to the person that wants no part of God. As St. Augustine had it God loves each one of us as if we were the only one to be loved. God loved the world. And he shows this by giving. This is one of the basic traits of God. God is a giver, a true giver, one that gives Not because someone's going to give back, but he gives to one and to all. As Jesus said in Matthew, he makes the sun to rise on the evil and on the good. He sends the rain on the just and on the unjust. God gives. This is what God does. He loves and in loving, he gives everything and more. Like the 23rd psalm, "Our cup runneth over. God loved world gave. Eternal life. This is what God gives. Often we confuse eternal life with everlasting life. But the scholars say that the word eternal life is more than life beyond the grave. It is life on this side of the grave as well. A God who has no beginning and no ending indicates in his love for us that he is with us supports us, upholds us, and therefore we now have eternal life. After death, of course, eternal life continues, and then what we call everlasting life is part of it. Eternal life really means being with God, or rather God being with us, so that in this life, as well as in the life to come, God is here and present with his abundant blessings. And often we stop then with verse 13. Uh, Excuse me, 16. But I think the long neglected verse which follows is perhaps the heart of what the 16th verse is about. Indeed, God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. Sadly, we don't always live by this statement. We often live our lives in such a way that we reflect the opposite message. God loves only the few. God loves only those that are like us. And our practical demonstration of this false idea is our failure to link up with the poor, the disadvantaged of our society, for the oppressed, the downtrodden, the disliked. If God comes to every person with his bread, he is calling us to be waiters and waitresses. If God's love is to be shed to the world, he can only do it through the likes of us. We need to become so transformed from our narrow concerns that we will embrace God's generous attitudes to the world. Jesus often talked of forgiveness, and he put a new twist on forgiveness by saying, I... Those who are well do not need a physician, but those who are sick. I came to call not the righteous. They don't need Jesus. Jesus said, I came not to call the righteous, but the sinners to repentance. Paul says, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And again he says, while we were still sinners, God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself. John says, not that we loved Christ, but that God loved us. And as John again says in the gospel, you have not chosen me, I have chosen you. This to me is what this familiar verse is about, that God loved, world, gave eternal life. And part of this eternal life, as said, is that God is with us now. So prepare your hearts and minds now to come and receive food for the journey. Thank you for joining us for this week's edition of the podcast from All Saints Lutheran Church in Davenport, Iowa. Please know that you are welcome to visit and worship with us anytime you're in the Quad Cities. You can also find us online at www.allsaintsdavenport.org We are Missionaries Proclaiming Christ, and we pray that you have a blessed week, surrounded by His love.